welcome back to Lead, Travel, Pray. My name is Michelle Strike, and once again, I am joined by my friends and co-hosts, Sandy Schneider and Rebecca Ellis. Hi, ladies. Hi there. Hello. Today's podcast is part of our travel series, and I'm staying close to home with this one, but you all will be traveling back in time when you lived here and now visit people like me and your family. So we will talk about things to do in St. Louis for any of our listeners who visit or locals who want to add new items to their staycation list. So the first topic that we're going to talk about is what do we do for fun? What does amusement look like when we're here in St. Louis? And the first one category that we'll talk about is museums. And the cool thing is, is that many of the museums that are in St. Louis are free. And that was a pleasant surprise that I found out when I moved here because all of the cities that I had lived in before, all of their museums charged quite a bit. And and so I felt like there was a lot more to do on a rainy day in St. Louis than I had experienced in many cities. So ladies, what are some of your favorite museums in St. Louis? Rebecca, do you want to kick us off? Sure. Yeah, I've got a couple. Um, one of them I will suggest first is probably unique and not top of mind for many, and that's Cahokia Mounds. It's outside of Collinsville, and it deals with ancient civilizations that were um, um, ba- based there in that area, not far from the Mississippi River back in the day. And I, if I remember right, at one time, it was like the second largest civilization in the world outside of London. Wow. So high density and then kind of disappeared in a relatively short amount of time. So it's pretty cool to check out a lot of mounds that you can climb. So it's a good active um, thing to do as well. Um, so and then Rebecca, um, before you go any further, yeah. just a little added commentary for those who might not be familiar with the St. Louis area. Collinsville's actually in Illinois, which is across the Mississippi River from downtown St. Louis. Uh, and Rebecca actually lived in Illinois. So nice job representing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're welcome. Believe it or not, it's closer. It's a closer museum to downtown than many probably that we'll talk about here today because Illinois is right on the border, as is the city proper of St. Louis. Um, but yes, Absolutely. it is across the river. Um, and then one right down kind of in the, uh, the epicenter, so to speak, of St. Louis is the Arch. And I haven't been there, Sandy, but I think you mentioned since the new... Um, arch renovation the new grounds and such of open you've had a chance to visit it used to be a pretty cool museum so I can only imagine now it's like really awesome yeah, absolutely I um, have been going there for many years since I was a kid because that was a, a popular field trip location um, so the mm-hmm. arch people are familiar with the big metal arch that stands above the ground but I think a lot of people are not familiar with the museum that's actually located underneath the ground of the arch. Um, and the arch grounds went through a major renovation, what, I don't know, a couple of years ago. Um, it took them mm-hmm. a while to renovate it. And they have completely redone mm-hmm. the museum downstairs. And it is awesome. I was there in September and super impressed with how it's been updated with a lot of interactive um exhibits so the story's the same right so it's about the the museum is all about um, the settling of the west and the role that St. Louis played in that and the local indigenous indigenous population that was there 
um, the Lewis and Clark expedition. All of these are topics of the museum. Um, and I, I was super impressed with how they've taken what would have been, when I was a kid, just a very stationary museum that you walked by and looked at exhibits behind glass and have now created mm-hmm. an interactive. Uh, interactive activities which would be great for kids and those of us who just like to play with things as we move along the museum so I highly (laughs) recommend it is there still a movie because I remember the movie was super interesting but old even when I last saw it probably five years ago so there is a movie that still plays down there and it's um, about how they actually built the arch which is definitely worth checking out um, because it was okay I should have checked beforehand it's been a number of years since it was built I'm thinking in the 60s um gosh I Mm -hmm. hope I'm right I hate when I just throw out I think it was late 60s yeah I think it was like 67 68 something Um, like that so it was it was fascinating to watch right we have very different safety rules today about construction sites particularly one with those heights um so highly recommend the movie as well and you're right Rebecca it's still playing awesome oh that's good The only other thing uh, I was going to mention in this section is the St. Louis Art Museum, and it is in Forest Park, which we'll talk more about here in a bit, but it is just amazing. It has an incredible collection that's permanent, and then also often a really cool traveling exhibit as well, and um, one of my favorite things there is the, the lily pad. Now, this is terrible because I should have looked up the artist. Is it? Uh, Monet it's Monet's mm-hmm. water lilies yep. one of them is there there are multiple of them as I understand but it's giant it's like six feet tall so anyway highly recommend uh, the the St. Louis Art Museum there in Forest Park great Sandy what about you what do you recommend I had all of those on my list and the only other thing I would add is I would call a pseudo museum. It's got museum in the name um, so we're going to count it as one and that is City Museum is the name of it. It's located in downtown St. Louis and it is um, I think oftentimes marketed for kids. Um, I have taken kids there and um been very uncomfortable with taking small children because it is a big very large open space with lots of places to check out it's a lot of hands-on activities and with too little of kids um, gosh you can lose them really easily but um, those who might be say I don't know eight and up who can have some autonomy to run around and you know you're going to meet them back at a certain place. Um, It's great fun. It's one of those museums that takes sort of ordinary situations and makes them a little bit crazy. Um, So not only do kids want to check them out, but adults do as well. Um, The the part that I enjoyed as an adult, there is one of those twisty slides, you know, that like McDonald's Uh used to have in the playground. They have a mega twisty slide there that I don't even know how many stories it is. I think it's 10. Okay, thank you. 10 stories. It's a lot. <laughs> and mm-hmm. you go fast. I went. Yes, because it's metal. And you just like, you know, you go, it's circular. So it makes you kind of dizzy. And I was going faster than I wanted to go. So like I'm putting my tennis shoes up to the side. So making that squeaky noise to slow myself down. People were making fun of me. But anyways, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> It is super cool. I really like it. And I will say as a mom, it gave me high anxiety to take little kids there. So 
I do agree with the maybe eight year and older and just knowing that there's like these caves they can climb into and things that they go into. You have no idea where they come out. And so um, I will tell you they sell alcohol there. <laughs> and so that is helpful. Yeah, it's not just <laughs> if for you're kids anxious. either, right? Like if right. you wanted, if you were adults or you're dating or something and you wanted to go out for a fun yep. evening, it's definitely a place for kids at heart as well. Yeah, I went, I took my brother and sister-in-law there when they visited. And so I did every single thing there in my 30s. And I would definitely say that there is an age that you should not climb on jungle gym things that are, (laughs) you know, 40 feet up in the air, because I climbed through things and over things and bruised myself along the way. It was so much fun. I have not had that much fun in a long time. But I would say that I definitely was probably past the age where I should have been doing everything. So if you think about a continuum, I would place the art museum and Forest Park on one end of the continuum, the museum continuum, and City Museum on the other end. Both mm-hmm. great places to check out, just very different in nature. Yeah, very true. Yes. Yeah, I think that one of the other unique things about St. Louis is that we also have a great theater district for the size of city that St. Louis is. And we have um, quite a few large concerts that come through. So we have several different concert venues. Um, Sandy, do you want to overview a little bit of what you've experienced with concerts and theater in St. Louis? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like I, when I think back to shows I've seen or concerts I've been to, so many of them happened in St. Louis. I think the probably the most iconic theater in St. Louis is the uh, Fox Theater, which is located in St. Louis City proper. Um, it's an historic, beautiful, absolutely gorgeous, traditional theater um, that brings, attracts top-level entertainment um, that's touring across the nation. They, uh, every year, hold a Broadway theater series, so all the Broadway hits, uh, musicals, shows that you might go see in New York City. Once they go out on tour, they stop in St. Louis at the Fox Theater. Um, I know, Rebecca, you have spent quite a bit of time at the Fox Theater as well. Uh, what do you love about that place? Yeah, good question. So I um, really enjoy just the atmosphere there. It's got such a cool vibe. And um, like the club seats, if you're lucky enough to get some of those, and a lot of times corporate um, offices will have them, you can access a restaurant. They bring out food and drink. It's just a, a really cool setting. Um, but it is one of the most ornate theaters I've ever been in. Um, really, really gorgeous. So I like that about it. I like that you can buy a Broadway series and lock in some really good shows. And in fact, even after we moved to Indianapolis, I kept my season tickets because it was just such good billing. And here in Indy, you have to kind of piece that together a little bit across a couple of different venues. Um so anyway, that's that's really cool. Um, I also like uh, what was known as Peabody, and I think now is Stifle uh, Theater, which um, is right near where the blues play, um, which I think is still called Scott Trade. I have trouble keeping track of all these name changes as the brand shift. But um, anyway, good theater shows come through there as well. And so it's another option Um, to get to see um, Broadway-level national tours, which is super cool Um, and um, quite affordable, I think, compared to other cities and and things. Um, 
there is actually a really lively theater scene in St. Louis. And uh, one of the things that I'm trying to figure out here a bit more in my new hometown, but um, there's so many computer community theaters uh, to be pay attention to. And um, some of them are places like Stray Dog and Hard Road Theater, who have kind of a home that they rent out in, in certain spots and don't necessarily have a dedicated space. But there's also the Black Repertory Theater, and then the Repertory Theater. And I know, Sandy, you've seen some shows through them as well. Um, but it's just, a, it's such a cool theater and jazz scene, really, too, in St. Louis. There's just a lot more options than one might think about on the surface. I have been to the St. Louis Repertory Theater a number of times and had season tickets at least one season. It's um, a theater venue that's going to play more traditional uh, plays versus big musical productions. They are actually located on the campus of Webster University. Um, And so in addition Mm -hmm. to theater productions, they have a speaker series and a variety of um, performances that you might expect associated with a university campus. But what I love about the St. Louis Rep is that there are multiple theaters and they're all small and there's not a bad seat in the house. So if you're going to check out mm-hmm. a show and you're buying seats online and you've never been there before, you, oftentimes you're nervous about like, am I going to be able to see well here? Mm-hmm. Even if you get the seats that are on the far edges of the theater, it's such a small theater that you absolutely can see the whole stage and have a great theater experience. Yeah, it's so fun. I would say, too, just on like a rock and music concert, too, St. Louis gets some amazing um, names that come through and um, has gotten really creative with venues, like having them in Bush Stadium where the Cardinals play, like Elton John's concert was to be there recently. Um, And I think it got rescheduled, didn't it? That's why I say was to be. Um, and you too, and just other kind of doing the stadium tours as well. But there's so many good options um, where the blues play. A lot of big concerts come through. So the music scene is usually pretty, pretty legit in St. Louis. Yeah, this is a fun conversation for me because I have done most of those things in St. Louis since I've lived here with the two of you. And so most of my (laughs) theater and concert experiences involve one or the other. I have personally benefited from you guys having season tickets for different things over the years. So thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. Yeah, so speaking of concerts that happen in Bush Stadium, that is actually where the Cardinals play. And um, we are a baseball city. And um, it's something that a lot of tourists do when they come to town and really enjoy um, weeknight games, weekend games, day games. It's it's all fun. So um, ladies, if listeners want to try to make a day down at the ballpark and um, trying to do it without breaking the bank, do you have any suggestions? Sandy, you're the biggest Cardinal fan I know, so I'm going to let you take this Oh, my this goodness. One. I love the Cardinals, and um, I actually just saw a game, um, was it last week or the week before, here in Florida, a spring training game, and I hit the last one before the MLB canceled the rest of spring training, so I feel really lucky about catching at least one game mm-hmm. this spring training. Um, but anytime I'm back in St. Louis during uh, baseball season, I'm definitely catching a game. Now, my challenge, Michelle, to your question is um, rarely am I trying to um, do it spending the least amount of money. So I am the person who is like, <laughs> yes, let's eat at the ballpark. Um, 
But if you really were um, trying to go on a budget, um, I know that you guys have talked about previously, and I'll let you comment on how to get discount tickets. But other than discount tickets, um, it is fun to go early to a game and grab a drink and something to eat at one of the bars right outside of the stadium. So there are a number of um, bar restaurants, uh, just outside of the stadium, like from where you park to walk into the stadium, you'll probably walk past some. Um, and usually they're offering on game day discounted drinks, typically beer, um, along with other sort of burger specials. So if you were going to avoid paying, um, for more high priced food inside the park and drinks, um, there are options outside of the park as well. Yeah, I think that that's great. So one area specifically that you can go to is Ballpark Village, which is pretty new for St. Louis, and um, it's just across the street from the stadium. A way to get cheap tickets that are day of are to go down to the stadium early the morning of a game and you can sell or buy excuse me they sell you can buy first pitch tickets which are currently for the 2020 year $11.20 for a pair of tickets and um, so the great thing about that is if you know that you're going to try to get the game in that day and you can get up pretty early that morning and go down there you can um, buy as many tickets as you as you want. Um, I'm sure that there's a limit, but we've gone with groups of like 10 to 15 people and they do have a limited number of tickets that they sell um, during that time. So you do want to get down there pretty early, but it's um, for $11.20 for two people. That's a great deal. Very good deal. That is amazing. Michelle, I'm glad that you mentioned Ballpark Village um, because if if our listeners are checking out Ballpark Village, maybe to grab something to eat or drink or to buy a Cardinal shirt to wear to the game, there's another spot I think worthy of checking out at Ballpark Village, and that is the St. Louis Cardinals Hall of Fame Museum. It's new as um, Ballpark Village is only a couple of years old. And again, a really well done museum all around the St. Louis Cardinals. So perfect for a Cardinal fan. I took my dad for his birthday. Um, But even if you're visiting from out of town and you may not be specifically a Cardinal fan, but a baseball fan in general, um, there's quite a bit of baseball history wrapped up in the history of the Cardinals. So encourage baseball fans to check that out as well. Yeah, excellent. So another category while we're down in that part of the city is brewery tours. In St. Louis, we have, as most people are probably familiar with, Anheuser-Busch Brewery, and um, they sell a lot of the Budweiser or all the Budweiser products. And then we have some that are locally owned, but quite big in the area, such as Schlafly Bottle Works, and then a brewery called Four Hands that is actually quite large now locally, and then quite a few Uh, microbreweries. And so um, for those of you that are um, big into local brew pubs, you will find um, well over 20 of them within 15 minutes of the downtown area. And Sandy and I have been uh, fortunate enough to take a 
brewery tour that takes you around to four or five different microbreweries and uh, shuttles you so that you can try different um, experiences in beer. And I definitely have tried ones that I never would have otherwise gone to that location for. What about you, Sandy? Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, anytime there's somebody who wants to drive me around so that I can drink wine and or beer, um, I am all about those tours. (laughs) So um, that, and like you said, you try out breweries you haven't been to before that are smaller um, and probably try beers that you otherwise wouldn't have spent money specifically to buy a full beer of something you're not familiar with. So highly recommend those tours. Yeah, very good. Um, So Sandy, what else have you done in St. Louis that you find entertaining? I don't think that we have uh, mentioned Union Station yet. And for visitors who are headed into uh, downtown St. Louis, Union Station is right there. It is the historic train station. So it's where the trains went in and out of the city. It has um, since been revitalized and renovated at least two times that I'm aware of, probably more than that. Um, And it's now an entertainment venue. So it's got restaurants. Um, I think there's still a hotel that operates out of there. And um, I'll let you guys comment, Michelle, specifically since you're still living there, on what's the newest. But um, what is obvious to see is the big Ferris wheel that just got put in in the past year or so. So um, they are looking to attract visitors to uh, back to the Union Station area. And I know there's other stuff that's at Union Station. Can you guys comment on that? Um, I know that there is a restaurant that um it just opened down there I don't know the name of it because I haven't been but I know that it um maybe it's called the fountain it has shakes and things like that that are offered and then like I said the ferris wheel um and the aquarium so that all opened just last November and December I have not personally been able to go down there yet nice Yeah. So another um, attraction that I have taken people to in St. Louis, especially um, those who want a faith-based component, is to go and tour the Cathedral Basilica, which is the Catholic um, Basilica downtown. We've gone to Mass there and then also taken the tour. It has a lot of mosaics in the area and is um, quite... A beautiful place for art and architecture. And so I, I would say that um, even if you um, just like mosaics and don't have a faith-based background, I think that you can still go in and appreciate what you're seeing there. Oh, yeah, Michelle. I have actually been inside the Basilica, and you were right. It is gorgeous. So even if you're not Catholic like me, um, I think you can still appreciate it. Uh, so that's a great mention. The only other one I would mention that I think is pretty cool is the Magic House. Mm, And to me, it's like a very tamed down version of City Museum. It's not so adult entertainment oriented, um, but it has some really cool stuff for kids, including like a um, a mock oval office where you can like pretend to be the president and sit behind the desk. And anyway, it's just a really cool um, kind of vibe. So I recommend the Magic House. It's a little bit further out from downtown, but the city of Kirkwood's um, really cool. It's got some cute shops and things to see there as well. I second that. I love the Magic House and any opportunity that I have to take kids there, I'm all over it. 
Very good. All right. So let's go through some things to do outdoors when the weather is nice, which is frequent during the spring and fall and um, certain days during the summer here in St. Louis. So specifically, we have a huge outdoor um, park called Forest Park. And I know that um, the the bike trail or running trail all the way around is six miles. And so the park itself is um, really big because there's a lot in between there. Um, so ladies, um, will you tell me your favorite thing to do when you're in Forest Park? Rebecca, you want to start? Yeah, I did already mention the art museum. And I just want to say it has a fabulous restaurant for brunches. And so um, I'm a big fan of that. It sits up on the hill. And so it's just got a really cool perspective. And in the winter, when it snows, people actually sled down that hill, which is kind of cool. Also in the winter, um, there's an ice skating rink, which is a fun thing to check out there. And then, um, of course, there's the zoo. Uh, But I think Sandy's going to mention one of my favorite things to do there as well. The restaurant is called the Boathouse. And so, obviously, you might guess what she's going to mention is the activity to do there. But (laughs) I will pass it over to you for that. What do you think you might do at the Boathouse? So, in addition to (laughs) grabbing dinner and a drink and enjoying dinner, dinner outside Um, you overlook the lake which has paddle boats that you can rent and take a nice little paddle out into the lake uh, which is a ton of fun so highly recommend the boathouse and just to reiterate the zoo the St. Louis Zoo is so well done it's um, rated as one of the top zoos in the nation and I think one of the things that makes it unique is the fact that it's actually free to enter the zoo mm-hmm. it does cost to park so if you are driving in you'll pay a parking fee to park your car but getting into the zoo is absolutely free um, and definitely something to check out for those of us at all ages Yeah, I think that one other thing that the three of us all like to do for evening entertainment in Forest Park is to go to the Muni during the summer. I think that it's in June. They have outdoor musicals in the evenings, and they're really well done. And as long as it's not 100 degrees, (laughs) it's a really enjoyable experience to be able to sit out there. So I personally have enjoyed it. Yeah, the Muni Theater shows are awesome. And I I think they actually run almost through August now, um, June, July, and August, about uh, six weeks maybe worth of shows um, that rotate every week. And they're so well done, like professional level, absolutely. So highly recommend. And there's new big fans now that make it slightly cooler (laughs) to sit out. It does Plus they start later in the evening. They start at like 8.30, 15 or something. So it's not blazing hot most of the time. Okay, so of these three areas, I'm wondering which one is your favorite, the Missouri Botanical Garden, Lawmire Sculpture Park, or the Arch? Sandy, which one's your favorite? I'm going to vote the Arch. Okay, Rebecca? I'm going to pick the Botanical Garden, especially if they have a special event going on, like the Chihuly Glass that came through a few years ago. Super cool um, to hang out there. I think that the sculpture park is cool, but I also am going to choose the botanical garden. I think that um, they do have a tram that goes through the park. And so if you are bringing somebody who 
is um, older and does not want to do an extensive amount of walking, which places like the zoo and everything would require more walking, I find that it's a great way to still be able to see the botanical garden. And my favorite time of year to go there is in the spring. They have areas full of tulips um, during one month, and then the next month they have an area full of beautiful roses. And um, I think that it's just really fun to go there and see some of the um, different flowers. And then they have a time of year where they have azaleas everywhere. So it really is pretty. It is beautiful there. Um, Can I put an asterisk mark Mm -hmm. by my recommendation for the arch? Of course. I feel like there needs to be a (laughs) note about that. Um, I feel like it's my responsibility as a, a, a person who grew up in the St. Louis area to make sure that I tell everyone before they get to the arch a couple of key pieces of information. Um, So yes, you can go up into the arch and go to the top of the arch, which is super cool and something worth checking out. But to do that, I think it's important to know that the elevator system um, is the original that was built way back in the 60s. Um, So it is not like taking an elevator up in a skyscraper building. Um, And if you look at the arch, right, it's not a straight (laughs) shot. Um, so it's a very unique elevator, sort of a, a one of its kind sort of thing. I won't give away too much information other than to know that it's very small. I struggle with claustrophobia and I'm okay in it. So while it might be small and a little bit cramped, it's not something that uh, most people will freak out about. When you do get to the top, you are going to be very high up in the air. Um, so those of you with fear of heights, something to be aware of. Um, And you will have an opportunity to look out at the top. But again, this was built a long time ago. Um, The windows that you look out uh, of the top are actually very small. So oftentimes you have to stand and wait for people to move out of the way so that you can lean over and look out to see the river on the east side or downtown on the west side. Um, So just a couple uh, tidbits about things you should know before going to the arch. Did I cover all the important things? Would you guys add anything? You covered them. It's a little bit rickety. It's safe. It's very safe, I promise you. But while you're in it, you might be questioning, (laughs) what's that noise? Why is it making a rickety noise? And and do expect to go through security like you would at the airport. Um, pay attention to what you can and can't take in. Absolutely. It's a national park now. Um, so for those of you who are collecting your national park stickers, you can pick one up there. Um, but you can expect quite a bit of security there as well. Very good. So um, something that I personally really love about living in the St. Louis area is that we have a number of local wineries and breweries that are um, outside of the city and um, places that do both. So um, Sandy, will you talk us through some of what the St. Louis winery area looks like? I'd be happy to talk about wine. Thanks, Michelle. (laughs) So Missouri makes wine, for those of you who may not be familiar with that. Um, It's not, say, um, as popular as the California wines, but makes um, some pretty good wine nonetheless. And so there are a number of winery locations located across Missouri where you could check out locally made wine. 
since we're talking about St. Louis, the wineries that are closest to the St. Louis area would be located in Augusta or Defiance area, which is going to be a drive from downtown St. Louis, maybe um, I'm guessing here, say 40, 45 minute drive. Does that sound reasonable? Mm-hmm. Would you say longer yeah. than that? Yeah. No, that's right. Um, There are lots of winery options. Um, So if you simply Google wineries in Augusta, Missouri, you're going to get lots of options that come up. And I have been to many of them, and they're all great. So you're not going to um, find one that's bad or that you won't enjoy. Uh, A couple tips for checking out the Missouri wineries. Um, They will give free tastings uh, for uh, their wines. They usually have some sort of limit. Um, Make sure you try the Missouri wines. You may not like them. Um, Try a handful of them. You'll probably find one that you do like. Maybe not one that you want to buy glasses of, but at least one that you can say, oh, it's not too bad. Um, everybody's palate is different, so people are going to like different kinds of wines. But one of the great things about wine tasting in Missouri is that you actually can buy wine and open it and drink it there on property, which is why going out for a day of wine tasting at the Missouri wineries is so much fun. Because you go, you taste a little bit, you find the one you want to buy, you're with friends, you buy, you share, for example, a bottle of wine, and then um, most places will have tables where you can sit. You can either bring your in your own food or some wineries actually sell food. Um, and depending on time of year, they're likely to have live music. So there really is nothing that mm-hmm. I enjoy doing better in October than to find a great warm sunny Saturday to go out enjoy some wine and listen to good music and hang out with good friends for the day yes I agree so just a heads up for anybody not from Missouri Missouri wines are quite sweet so if that's not your forte um usually as Sandy said if you keep trying different wines you can find something that you like but they may not be at the top of your list fair warning and there are now (laughs) it is fun it is fun and there are now a number of wine of the wineries in Missouri that serve both Missouri wines as well as uh wines from California or wines that were made in Missouri from California grapes that were purchased so um there will be options for the more refined wine drinker as well. Yeah, Sandy, can you quickly tell us about places outside of the St. Louis area that you've been to where you can get um, uh, winery experience? Yeah, um, so one of the most well-known is located in Herman, Missouri. Um, Herman, Missouri is a, a it's more than a day trip from St. Louis. You'd probably want to spend the night, which is great because after a day of drinking at one of the local wineries there, they have some fantastic bed and breakfast options in Herman. So it can be a great getaway weekend. It could be a great one night stay after touring um, either Hermanoff or Stonehill or the big wineries there um, where you can do a tour Uh, buy some wine, sit and listen to good music, enjoy the wine while you're there, and then go to a fabulous bed and breakfast, have breakfast in the morning, and then head back to St. Louis. So I highly recommend Herman, Missouri. Yes, it is fun. All right. So while we're talking about drinks, let's just segue into food and drinks in St. Louis. And I find that St. Louisans are um, known for specific types of types of food. And as somebody who is from a place where 
in Houston, we were just known for Mexican food. I've not been in a place where it was like very specific types of food and things that you have to order from these places that St. Louis is known for. Um, So Rebecca, what are some of your favorite iconic St. Louis either places to go or foods to eat? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll start with the foods to eat because now that I live in Indianapolis, I miss some of them. Uh, One of them is toasted ravioli. So we always bring home a frozen bag of ravioli and marinara sauce uh, from one of our local favorites uh, when we come back. And then the other is um, pizza that is not mozzarella based. And so Provel, Provolone, um, pizza, Emos being probably the biggest one. I know people are either hot or cold on it. Um, they're in uh, the St. Louis area, but it's one of my favorites. Okay, so we need to provide more detail on that because our listeners who aren't from St. Louis are going to be like, what is she talking about? I don't understand. Right. What? Why would I get pizza what, in St. Louis? Is that not mozzarella? Yeah. Um, so just a little bit of further description about what St. Louis style pizza is. Um, and Rebecca said people are either hot or cold on it. So those who are from St. Louis um, tend to like St. Louis style pizza, but not always do those people who have not been introduced to it as young children may not be the biggest fans. I love it and want to eat it every time I go home. It is a very thin crust, very thin crust, not like New York style, which is floppy. This is a firm crust. Um, Some people might call it a cracker crust. So it's thin and hard. It has red sauce. And as Rebecca mentioned, a very specific cheese called Provel cheese, which is actually a blend of three different cheeses that melts really smooth and really creamy and is sort of the signature um, ingredient of St. Louis style pizza. And I think you also mentioned Emo's is one of the places that's known for making St. Louis style pizza. But there are many restaurants um, throughout St. Louis where you'll be able to uh, try it out. Simply ask uh, someone at the hotel or wherever you might be staying, hey, where do you recommend St. Louis style pizza? And guaranteed they'll be able to give you a recommendation. Yeah, absolutely. So Sandy, what are your um, favorite St. Louis foods that you miss besides the pizza? Oh my gosh, definitely the pizza, the toasted ravioli. And then I jump to desserts. So the two that (laughs) I have to have when I go home, one is frozen custard, which is um, like a really creamy, a little bit heavier ice cream. Um, And the most famous place to get it in St. Louis is called Ted Drew's. Uh, There are multiple locations that are open in the summertime where you can get uh, what is um, um, popular there would be a concrete, which is like what would Dairy Queen would call a blizzard, where you mix in a topping with your custard. But you can get it with any toppings in any format. If you're not in downtown St. Louis, but say you're out in the suburbs, don't worry. There are uh, other locations that make frozen custard as well with a different name and they're all good so you can't go wrong and then my second dessert recommendation is gooey butter cake Mm -hmm. I don't know how to describe that other than just absolutely delicious and lots and lots of butter butter (laughs) sugar eggs probably I don't know um really good and while you can get it in numerous locations um when I'm there to pick one up I it's not uncommon for me to pick one up and bring it to somebody's house that I'm going to visit because then I get to eat it too um 
one of the stops I like to make is at Park Avenue Coffee Shop in Lafayette Square, which is easy distance from downtown St. Louis. They make lots mm-hmm. of different kinds. There's a very traditional kind, which is wonderful. But they also make ones that have added ingredients, say a chocolate chip or other goodies that they add to it. So those would be my recommendations. Michelle, anything you would add to that list? I like every single thing on your list, (laughs) even though I'm not from here. I enjoy it all and take people to those places all the time. And so far, everybody that I've taken to eat St. Louis style pizza has liked it. And I've been surprised by that, that all these people who are not from here, they like it. And then the one that I would add to the list is Crown Candy Kitchen. It has been highlighted on some Food Network shows. And depending upon the time of year, you could have to stand in line for a half hour or so just to get in. But I will say that I had the biggest BLT of my life. There, it's a whole pound, isn't it? Yes, it's a whole pound. I think that Rebecca, you and I met there one day, and then they do all of these shakes that are um, just absolutely amazing. So, a BLT and a shake is your caloric intake for at least two days (laughs) (laughs) that you would have at one time, but it is really good and worth it. They make their own um, candies there. So, like for Easter that's coming up, they do a lot of um, chocolates that you can buy and everything. It's fantastic. Fantastic. Okay, so beyond St. Louis style food, we actually have a number of great restaurants here. So if somebody is looking for a good meal out or may consider themselves a foodie, Rebecca, where would you recommend they start? Yeah, I always recommend people start it on the hill. It's our iconic Italian district, and it's really hard to find a bad meal there. Uh, there's Zia's and Canetto's. Um, Charlie Guido's, Favazza's is one of my favorites with their steak Madega, which is so yummy. Um, so I think the hill is a, a great first stop. I also love a rooftop restaurant. There's just something romantic, different, um, just exciting about it for me. And so um, even though it's not maybe the best food, the 360 restaurant right by the ballpark downtown for me is a lot of fun. And often has like fireplaces and things going on outside. And um, it's pretty high up in the air. So you get a really cool vantage point of the arch and all of the downtown um, scenery. Then there's Vendaset, which is um, not far. It's over closer to the Lafayette Square area. Better food, I would say, and just um, a neat vibe that gives you a cool view into downtown. And then um, the other is the Four Seasons um, Hotel, the top uh, on the top of it, the restaurant there, which also has a pool and some nice, nice things, but looks over the arch as well. It used to be called Celio's, but I think it's Cinder House now. Um, has a, a had a really good brunch back in the day. I haven't been there as recently, but I suspect it's still really good, being a Four Seasons and all. Um, so those are kind of my top ones. How about you, ladies? So some of mine are um, not specific restaurants, but areas of town, which Sandy will give us more specifics about. But I enjoy most of the restaurants that are in the Central West End area that is only about 10 minutes west of downtown. And then the Del Mar Loop area, they have a number of local restaurants just along one strip that you can walk to. And um, they're almost all local hangouts. Sandy, what about you? Yeah, if we're talking about areas to go to where there's a number of restaurant options, we've mentioned Lafayette Square a couple of times now. Uh, Super cute. Um, 
literally square historic neighborhood area uh, near downtown St. Louis. It has a number of great restaurants. Um, my favorite in that area would be 1111 Mississippi, um, something to check out. And if you're up for desserts, I'd recommend Bailey's Chocolate Bar, which has yes. both dessert drinks as well as desserts and has um, found itself in the Schneider family's annual Christmas celebration. So <laughs> we make it a point to go uh, during the holiday season every year. Yeah, very nice. In that general area is also Tower Grove, and they have a number of ethnic restaurants that are down there that are uh, really great to check out. So speaking of different parts of the city to go to, Sandy, I know that you have gone on a couple of the walking tours that have recently popped up. So what did you think of them and where did you go? Oh my gosh, so much fun. So I mean, what's better than uh, a food tour where you are walking and getting some history as well? So it feels like, okay, I'm eating a lot, but I'm also walking. So surely that counteracts each other, right? Um, <laughs> sure. I have, I have been to uh, two of the food tours in St. Louis, both through the same tour organization called Savers St. Louis Food Tours. They offer three, at least as of now, they offer three different food tours through downtown St. Louis, the Central West End, and the Delmore Loop. I have done the Central West End tour and the Delmar Loop tour and can personally highly recommend both of them. What I love about them is you get to try some fantastic food. Some are eclectic bites and some are well-known restaurants that have a famous dish. You leave very full, so you're going to eat quite a bit of food on these food tours. But in addition to the great food is the history, both uh, the Del Mar Loop and the Central West End have quite a bit of really interesting history that's associated with those neighborhoods. So your your tour guide is actually walking you through the streets of this area of the city. They're pointing out historic buildings. They're telling you stories about famous people who lived in these buildings or worked or performed music in these areas. Um, and so in between the restaurants, you're actually learning quite a bit about St. Louis. The last time I went on one, um, uh, we took my parents with us who live in St. Louis, who grew up in St. Louis. And even for people who are from the city and feel like, yeah, I know quite a bit about the city, there's always something to learn about the history. So um, a great combination of good food, uh, good history, and some good walking as well. Yeah, I think it's a great place for even locals to go to who might be able to try new restaurants or learn things about a part of um, the city that maybe they um, didn't know about before, which is really cool. Definitely. So thank you, ladies, so much for sharing with us today. We hope that our listeners enjoyed today's podcast. I, for one, since I am local, am looking forward to being able to go and, at least for the time being, order curbside pickup <laughs> at any of these local places that we can check out. So for those of us, for those of you listening, please give us a rating or send us some feedback. I um, know that I personally get to hear from some of you who listen and have provided feedback that really helps to shape our shows. So we love to hear from, from you all. And to learn more about us, our past episodes, or to communicate with us, check out our website at leadtravelpray.com. For now, go out and try at least one new thing in your city. 